This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, a Dade Brigade podcast, and your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. Uh, this is Episode 9 of Magic City Soccer, and we are coming to you after a big Miami FC win that we will break down in great detail. we got a lot to talk about, so let's uh, join our other co-hosts. Uh, first off, let's go to Drew Hausman. Drew, thanks again for joining us. How you doing, pal? Doing great, uh, listening to the podcast of the future champions of the fall season. That's right. Now and now, now Omar Mubayed's uh, constant optimism, all of a sudden he looks like the guy who's ahead of the curve because he was talking about this a while ago. Omar, how you feeling, buddy? It's an interesting sports week. Come back from Jacksonville. I miss you guys on the last podcast. And I come home to a very up-and-down roller coaster of a sports weekend. But Miami FC is what we're going to talk about. So three points is three points, and we're going to take care of business tomorrow. So that is uh, something that we will definitely be bringing up. This uh, this pod, this episode, will be dropping uh, Tuesday night. You'll probably be listening to it Wednesday morning somewhere out there in the Internet. And there is a Miami FC game tonight, quote-unquote, if you're listening to us on Wednesday. We'll go in, again, we'll go into great detail about that in a little bit, but let's talk about the news of now, and that is the three points that Miami FC were able to take away from their game, their critical game against FC Edmonton. This was the game we had talked about last episode, gentlemen, that if we were going to see Miami FC really launch a legitimate uh, assault at the top of the table, this was going to be the game they had to pick up, and lo and behold, they do it. Uh, And uh, they do it, I, I would say, rather convincingly. It wasn't like Edmonton was you know, rolling on the floor. It wasn't like Minnesota when we kind of rolled in there and rolled over them. But a 2-0 win, uh, that, that's something to be pretty happy about. Drew, what did you take away? Uh, well, we went into the uh, cold, frozen conditions of Canada. I love that <laughs> all of our players uh, were doing the true Miami thing. And uh, they were all rocking the long sleeves and the gloves. And uh, Nesta seemed to be uh, bundled up like a snowman in his macaroon winter coat. uh despite the conditions being terrible i mean i thought we had a decent game um we only had 46 percent percent possession uh which definitely i was kind of surprised by that stat but we looked really good um i thoroughly enjoyed the super dario goal he kind of just manhandled the defender and showed him some soccer basics uh just push the defender off juke the goalie and put one back in the back of the net uh which brings him up to eight for the year now and um he also earned himself a player of the week and then uh to top that off it was a vega to ranella goal which is a player of the week nominee so it's great to see our man vincenzo rinella get his first goal for the club and also uh everybody's hero vega getting an assist on that the rare goalie assist so um definitely some interesting and entertaining goals to be uh watched on that game ladies and gentlemen the drew hausman show because there's nothing left to really talk about yeah man 
there's, there's hey, plenty. Drew is usually a man of few words, so I'm I'm excited to hear him really kind of open it up and and talk about it. Omar, uh, feel free to reach. <laughs> yes, feel free to to uh, enlighten us further with your bon mots, your words of wisdom about what you saw on Sunday afternoon. All right. All right so with all due honesty, right? I had. Miami FC on the small screen. I had the Dolphins on the big screen. And we all know how the Dolphins oh, game ended. And we all knew choice. what was going on there. Yeah, what poor a poor choice. Listen, man, listen, listen, listen. One game's on four, the other game's on ESPN three. You know, it's hard to do it the other way around. Anyway, so what did I see? From a small screen, I saw a team that want, got on the field and wanted to be the more intense team. They were going to press. I think Nesta knew the situation when he came into it, when he was preparing his guys throughout the week, that the three points here was crucial not only to the survival of the fall season campaign, but more so towards the combined season campaign. And as we're going to talk about the standings moving forward and what lies ahead in a little bit, um, this game was a must win. We said it last week, um, or I should say you guys said it last week because I was still in Jacksonville at the time. But we did mention it two weeks ago, you know, as well that, you know, looking ahead past Puerto Rico, we had to take care of business against Edmonton uh, to make sure that we are still, you know, one of the teams in the mix, especially with the way the whole playoff scenarios and uh, seedings break down. You know, it was surprising. I was talking to Drew before we got on, and he mentioned that, you know, Miami had the ball for less than 50% of the game. And from what I was looking at, it seemed like Miami dominated possession much more than just 46%. I would have thought that number was pretty close to 50-50, but you know what? Stats don't lie, and it definitely wasn't. But Miami FC was the opportunistic team in this game. Look, let's not kid ourselves. Edmonton played a great game. They had multiple chances to put up multiple goals. This score sheet could have been the opposite way very easily. But you know what? The way you score goals is by putting a ball in the back of the net. Miami FC did not fail on their chances. Edmonton kept hitting the woodwork, kept hitting the balls just wide. They had their opportunities. They're definitely a decent team, and you can see why they are at the top of the table on a torrid pace. However, in this game, in this 90 minutes, Miami FC were the superior team on the field. Yeah, the thing that I, I really took away from watching the game, uh, it, it was I found the game was, was really... Um, uh, it really swung like a pendulum. It wasn't an evenly played game by both teams. Miami FC had the early advantage. They were really on top of it, uh, especially after the um, uh, the goal uh, by Darius Vitanich. Uh and, and they had a really kind of superior position throughout a lot of the first half. Second half comes out, and all of a sudden we really see Edmonton, and it seems like they're holding the ball, and they're holding the ball in our end for minutes at a time. And I think that's how we wind up getting to that that 54-46 possession spread. It's because they were really in a superior position for most of the second half. But as we have seen from our squad in games past, having the ball doesn't necessarily always translate to goals and good scoring opportunities. Uh, Edmonton was able to scrape together a couple of good chances. They weren't able to tuck it away. And ultimately, once that that Ranella goal comes, and uh, you know, once that opportunity really presents itself, um, and and Miami FC goes up two 0 you have a really good sense that okay, they're probably not going to blow it, and and that is really something that we can look back, we can look at now, and look back at where we were, let's say three months ago. And be pretty amazed that that's how far this team has come. That we can look at a team on the road, in the rain, in the wind, in the cold, 
against Edmonton up 2-0 and feel like, okay, we're we're in a really good spot. Uh, and again, it, it, it's a credit to the team's depth that you're able to, uh, you know, bring in new players, new names. You're able to uh, kind of sew them in with the names that exist. Uh, you know, credit to Darius Fitinich, who we had a little bit of fun with at his expense uh, a few weeks back when we were kind of highlighting that he seemed really good at putting away penalties, and but his actual, like, open field finishing opportunities maybe weren't so sharp. The last three weeks, he has been dynamite. And, and that goal that he scored against Edmonton, talk about making something out of nothing. That you see an opportunity, you pounce on it, and I'm going to be the guy. That's what you want to see out of your forwards. The the Sometimes it's okay, especially for them, towards the front, to be a little selfish. He was a little selfish. He didn't look around. He didn't try to make the extra pass and find a man. He made it himself. He, he Again, he, he, he took lemons and made lemonade. And and it really put Miami FC in the right position. And then they just really kind of played like a really solid together team and and closed it out. It was I was very thoroughly impressed. And, and, I, and again, we had talked last week about how important this was for the spring season standings and the run of the playoffs and all that jazz. Just in terms of the quality of play, I was very impressed. Well, um, I think it's important to note after we scored the second goal, Edmonton started taking a bunch of flurries on our net. And it's really impressive to see the quality of saves. Not just the fact that Vega was in the right place at the right time, but the quality of saves Vega was able to make to keep his clean sheet, specifically with two shots that were taken in roughly right around the 80th minute or so. So the back four played outstanding, especially the hunkered down in the last 10 minutes. Vega was amazing with a couple saves there to make sure he keeps the clean sheet. But Going back to that possession number, I noticed something. Uh, when you were watching the game, the team that was going left to right was going with the wind. Now, Miami FC, I felt, had a decent number of possession, uh, with the exception of about the last five minutes of the first half, and they were going with the wind. And yet Edmonton had a decent amount of possession again when they were going with the wind. And you saw that once they were going on that route, it created more problems for the goalkeeper, not only with in-swingers and out-swingers from the corner, but as well with certain free kicks and how that ball was reacting uh, to the weather conditions up in Edmonton. That's Omar Mubayed with weather on the nines. Uh, that's a really good observation, Omar. That's some good meteorological stuff there. I didn't consider the impact on the wind on the possession numbers, but that's probably very. I mean, that's I'm, I, I would be certain that definitely had a factor. Yeah, um, it was Cumulo Nimbus crowds. <laughs> yes, there were. It was a, it was quite an interesting weather day up in Edmonton. It's not a place I'm looking to necessarily visit on my next vacation. Although I'm sure people. Hey, if you want to go to hockey, we can just go to hockey here. We don't have to go all the way to Edmonton. Yeah, right. We get ice on the. Always pushing the Panthers, man. I need to drop the hustling theme because he's selling the Panthers on the on Magic City yeah. Soccer. Um, so, uh, Drew, uh, something I wanted to ask you specifically about is uh, I know a name that we are very ex- we have been excited to say and mention on this podcast even before he was technically a member of the team. That's right. But uh, I think it, at this point, uh, you know, you've you've looked over this season and there have been a couple of names of players that have really dropped in and flourished. Uh, you, you look back and you look at Michael LaHood, who has been a really solid presence. Uh, you look at Poku, who came on kind of like a, you know, a, a, a bolt of lightning. And now you have our guy, Lucky77, Vincenzo Renella. Break that uh, wrist, baby. <laughs> so, what, I mean, the fact he scores another goal, 
he he is coming to the squad, you know, kind of like that, and really made a contribution. What what do you what are you crediting that to? What do you think is making that possible? Um, I I I think it's just the fact that he's there. I mean, it seems the offense has changed up a little bit. Um, because Dario's still still playing up front for the majority, it seems. But um, having having him there as well has been great. Um, especially with with Chavez being injured, so his kind of signing and timing was amazing because seemed like as soon as uh, Chavez got hurt, we had some time where it was going between um, Paulo Campos and uh, Dennis for a bit, and then uh, Riz- uh, Vincenzo Rinella <laughs> <laughs> took over that slot, and I mean he has a has got a goal in that game, which was great to see. Um, I will. Uh, be selfish and ask him to step it up a little because the Fort Lauderdale strikers Amare uh, has three goals so far on the season so you know we, we have a nice little Italian on Italian rivalry going there so if he could net maybe uh, two on Wednesday even it out uh, that'd be nice to see <laughs> high expectations yeah, it is it's it's really funny I've been I've kind of been keeping half an eye on Amare's development oh, Amare uh, uh, Amare's development in Fort Lauderdale. Not, Am- not Amari's development in Fort Lauderdale. Maybe he moved down here uh, after retiring. But no, uh, the, the the Italian forward for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. I've been keeping an eye on that because that does seem to really be a uh, um, uh, a uh, an interesting development. Yeah, they actually, but uh, they actually had him benched uh, for their for their Saturday game, and he came in around the 70th minute. So. Um interesting tactical move but it worked out because they of course uh beat indy 11 props to that man he's a game changer uh i don't know many 36 year olds that can walk into any field let alone any level of competition and change the game uh so so you know what i'm gonna give the rare kudos over to the strikers uh for making that signing because he is a game changer for them listen they're at the bottom of the barrel whatever it is what it is um but i'm in the mood for pizza anybody else in the mood for italian food yeah right Hey, by the way, don't tell the strikers they're at the bottom of the table because they'll get on Twitter and accost you. Uh, oh yeah, they'll come at you. Yeah, they've come been at on you a, too. I mean, yeah. in fairness, they have been on a bit of a, of a run. I mean, it's it's telling maybe how good we are, uh, considering basically the one significant loss we have in the fall season came at their hands, and basically they've been a significantly better team ever since. So you're welcome, Fort Lauderdale, for putting things back on track. Um, you know, get some of our good momentum to rub off. Um, but yeah, there's a number of people that go to their games, right? <laughs> Boy, burn, burn. So, um, so you have that game. We we watched that game. We'll talk about the uh, the watch party at Fritz and Franz in a minute because there were some very important developments to <laughs> to worth mentioning from the watch party, including myself. No, no I, doubt, I'll be no happy doubt. to divulge, no doubt at all. <laughs> um, uh, the the one additional thing I really wanted to cover before we kind of move away. Besides, of course, uh, Nesta in his comfy, cozy jacket, because I thought that was <laughs> delightful. Um, the the one thing I, I do want to see is, and it, it, this is kind of also looking forward uh, ahead a little bit, but it, it, you'll see that we I'm kind of like maybe covering both my bases here. And it's something that we kind of talked about before the podcast started, and I wanted to bring it up here because we actually kind of had a bit of disagreement, dissension, and so I kind of want to flesh out this argument a little bit more. Um Miami FC made one substitution during uh, Sunday's game, and that was Vincenzo Rinella coming off and Aaron Dennis coming on, and that took place uh, in the 86th minute. So 
I will start with Omar because Omar, I think you were kind of maybe the uh, the, the the you fell on the other side of this uh, discussion. So I want to mm-hmm. give you the first word, and I'll give you the last word too. Uh, what do you think about that approach? All right. Obviously, there was something that the coaching staff saw that I didn't see, and let me preface this by saying why. You got a game on Wednesday, and you still have a crucial game on Wednesday. And the worst part is you have another crucial game Saturday because you have Carolina and Indy coming up back to back before the schedule starts to you know easing up just a little bit uh, for Miami FC. You have the two goal lead. I understand removing Vincenzo uh, Enea, but I don't understand this. You're going to have Poku playing another ninety minutes on Wednesday, and I think now more when I when I as I'm saying this, as I'm you know articulating kind of my thoughts about this. It's important to remember that Ariel Martinez and Wilson Palacios didn't make the trip again to Canada. So now, as, I'm, as I am articulating, okay, maybe I understand now running some of the guys 90 minutes. But guys like Poku, guys like LaHood, guys like Steele that are fixtures in your 11, you know, once that second goal goes in, you could pull one of them there. Let a reserve get some quality, quality minutes in a, in a, you know, against a team that's going to be desperate to score, you've got a two goal cushion. You've got to trust that back four, and you got to trust Vega uh, to kind of see you out there. Drew, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, last week's podcast, we were kind of speculating and guessing the same thing would happen with Martinez and uh, Palacios, where you know it's it's good for this upcoming game, especially on short rest, that we have two those two guys fresh, but. Um, I agree. At you know, after that second goal goes in, I mean, maybe you know, give Resende some time. He's been kind of uh, an up-and-coming player for us in the midfield. Uh, he's, he's gotten his time here and there due to injuries, but I think every time he's kind of proven himself. So uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, we could have done a, a better job with substitutes. Maybe there's some uh, sneaky Nesta plan that he had written inside of his coat that we don't know about for for Wednesday's game, but. Yeah, it was kind of strange to see, especially with uh, such a quick turnaround that everybody stayed out there for the for the full ninety. So um, that that squad we had out there seemed to really click well together too. So I mean, it's unfortunate that we probably won't see the same exact lineup, but uh, it, it looked pretty solid out there. Here's what I will say, and I will be the devil's advocate here uh, because I. I Again, I think this is maybe a soft disagreement. I mean, it's not like we're, like we're yelling at each other here. Uh, but <laughs> oh, we'll save that for later. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, here, here's what I think. We sat down. Drew and I sat down last week. We've been sitting down now for a couple of weeks and talking about how this schedule is building up and how there are so many important games coming up. In my opinion, of this stretch that we that we've been looking at, where you look at. Um, Edmonton, Carolina, and Indy 11. This this three game three games in six day stretch. It is a grueling haul. Yes. However, if there is one game that is most important above the others, in my opinion, it is the one that was just played. Because Edmonton is the only two teams that are above you on the table and assume you know play out the games in hand. The only two teams that still remain above you are New York and Edmonton. We can't do anything about the Cosmos right now. Edmonton is the one team that if we had lost that game and we fall essentially five points behind, you know, and there's no game in hand situation there. Both my FC Edmonton and Miami FC have played the same amount of games. If you look there and you fall five points behind, the schedule starts getting very, very, you know, unfavorable. Even though you do have some some 
easier games, quote unquote. I'm gonna say that because no doubt we're, we're gonna. That was I didn't mean that. That wasn't a reference. Um, <laughs> there is absolutely no. You're gonna drop some points at some point. It's gonna happen. That's life. But if you look at you know Puerto Rico, Ottawa, we've seen trouble with Ottawa. Tampa Bay, local rivalry. Rio, you know who knows what you're gonna get with them. Tampa Bay again, local. You know you have some interesting games coming up, but. Even though the game, the, the the schedule gets softer, you're just running out of time, and you've got to you. I, I the thing that 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 really came to my mind is the idea of, and I'm I'm going cross sport here, but there are two schools of thought when baseball teams make it into the wild card game. You throw your ace to win the wild card game, or you throw your number two pitcher so you have your ace if you win. And I'm always of the opinion, and maybe color me like you know. Uh, you know, neurotic or, or, or always self-doubting, but I need to get the thing I need to get now. I'll figure out how to get the other thing when I get there, but I need to get the thing I need to get now. And the, those three points for me, if if you had told me Miami FC are going to win one game this week and draw two, obviously dropping four points would be bad, but I would take the Edmonton win and take two draws going forward. You know, more, more than Carolina or Indy, just because of the way the schedule works out. I think... Even though you should trust your back line 2-0, if I'm in Nessa's shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. Maybe I'm concerned about uh, Renella's uh, fitness, so I get him off. If I have real fitness concerns, I get them off, but otherwise I stick with it. And that's just me. I don't I don't see anything wrong there. That, that's probably I mean, And listen, I respect that school of thought. I have absolutely no problems or any qualms with the way you're thinking. But my thought process is this. If you're up two goals now and you know there's only about 13 minutes left to play, not including stoppage time, you got to get that. You need to make that formation more defensive. So maybe you solidify into a 4-5-1 or even possibly, you know, figure out a scenario where you're going to throw maybe 10 guys behind the ball. My thought process, though, is why not take out a guy like Poku who is going to be your predominant, you know, number 10 and maybe take out a guy like LaHood and rest them, knowing that these next two games coming up are probably the most, uh, are the ones that are going to have the most questions asked in them. Because, you know, not to look past the schedule very quickly, but if you look at the five games, the five games after these next two, you've got Puerto Rico, Ottawa, two against the Rowdies, and Rio. And then you follow it up with a sixth game against Jacksonville. These are teams that are sitting at the bottom of the table. Not only in the fall standings, but also in the combined standings. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of those. You know that not only us as a podcast, but also supporters and Dade Brigade and Miami FC staff and players are looking at that six-game stretch and thinking, we can walk out of there with five out of six. Hell, we can walk out of there with 16 out of 18 points. Because none of those games, realistically, are ones that on paper you look at and you say, well, shit, I don't know, right? You've got Puerto Rico at home, and you saw what we did to Puerto Rico on the road. We've left one guy in the hospital. I hope he's doing better. <laughs> Ottawa, in the middle of the week, we saw what we got from them. Guess what? Ottawa has to come down here now and play in the humidity in the middle of the week. Obviously, like I said, two uh, rival games with Tampa. You don't know what you're going to get, and the Raya OKC shitstorm that it is. So, I mean, if I'm Nesta, I kind of maybe pull back some of those guys. I might even pull them back at 1-0. And just, you know, park the bus a little bit, a la Mourinho, and see what happens. So, uh, again, I think we're having some uh, some cordial disagreement here. Uh, I, 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 again, I, I understand what you're saying, too. Uh, I 
I am paranoid of change. I and I, I, you know, I know that you can change to be more defensive and make adjustments there. To me, it had worked. I would want to stick with it. Of course, I'm the guy that you know maybe leaves a pitcher in too long in, in another sport or whatever the case may be. But um, with, with that, again, that's just my take on it. Um, All right, fair enough. So uh, let's transition away from this game now. Miami FC get the three points. Uh, and let's talk about before we look ahead to Carolina tomorrow night or tonight or sometime in the past, <laughs> if you wait that long to listen. I don't know why you would. Um, let's talk about Fritz and Franz because uh, that was fun. Uh, it had been, uh, I, I will admit, I have been a little derelict in my duties in, when it comes to our away watch parties the last few weeks. It's just a, an unfortunate a combination of circumstances that have kept me away. I was able to make it out Sunday. Uh, I am a Ravens fan, in case it's not known. And they had a 1 o'clock kickoff, so I watched the 1 o'clock kickoff and then watched the Miami FC game, you know, wind stacked on top of wins. That's what I like. Uh, and it was a heck of a time. Uh, Drew, what what did you take away from Fritz and Franz? Yeah, it was a great time out at Fritz, as always. Um, definitely fun watching the game there. We had a decent stream. It got a little choppy at times, but whatever. Um, <laughs> kind of, you know, it, it was a little light on, on people there because, obviously, uh, Miami fans are delusional and want to see their feelings get hurt by watching the Dolphins going on at you the same bastard. time. But, um, Darius Rucker tried to warn you people 20 <laughs> damn years ago, yeah, and man. you won't listen. Go fuck yourselves. Quality Hootie and the Blowfish. It's <laughs> yeah, my favorite song. That might be my wedding song. <laughs> I only want to be with you. with you. Team that makes me cry. Um, so, uh, what, what I was I, I was going to say, now I, I've totally derailed everything with my Darius Rucker reference. His name's not Hootie. He's a real man with a real name. Um, Who wasn't uh, What I really liked... Yes, I know, and which I love. Those commercials were fantastic. I I, I enjoyed them. I think that kind of like spurned his country revival because I he kind of had a country career before those commercials, and then he like dressed up like a cowboy to sell Burger King, and now he's like <laughs> a number one selling artist in the country music world, which I I, I I love it. You know, it's it's one of those. It's not a weird transition like Kid Rock to country. It to me, it really fits. Uh, anyway, no, it's it's all right. I'll, no, I'm not going there. Right. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, uh, go back to the watch party. Um, first thing I love, speaking of the, the, uh, the stream, a uh, couple stream-related things, and you're gonna be like, wait a minute, you're gonna tell me about a, a video stream from four days, four days ago. Yes. So, first off, love the chant, five frames a second. Our stream is five frames a second. Um, I also love the fact that at one point, the stream jumped back about 15 minutes. Uh, no one noticed for about 30 seconds. And then we tried to play it off cool to try to, try to play a flim-flam and wind up with extra drinks on the Vanilla Goal again. That was one of my favorite things, although I, I, I kind of helped ruin it, I think, because I pulled it up on the phone for the Miami FC social uh, media manager. Um, but I very much enjoyed that. That was fun. Uh, the other thing that I enjoyed, and it's what has been referenced a couple times here, is uh, thanks to the uh, wonderful crew from Miami FC, the video crew, uh, they were out shooting scenes from the game, and during halftime, uh, we, had, we had a bit of what I would call a no-doubt sing-along. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I, I think our, our friend, everyone's favorite Welshman, Lee Eifens, uh, did a, a solid job, did a great job, and uh, I think I did pretty damn well, too. I don't know. What do you think, Drew? 
Um, yeah, it was definitely between you and Lee. I think uh, we should tweet out a photo of you uh, breaking it down, although there may be some uh, incriminating video evidence being released from the team in the future. I really need to hound whoever is responsible because I, I, I'm perfectly fine with embarrassing myself in this manner. Oh, I, you know, I, there are other ways. I'll contact him. I, I got you. Yes, I, I, uh, you know. Who's your favorite player? (laughs) What do you think of the game? What do you think the final score is going to be? Who is my friend on Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, you don't always, you don't, you rarely ever want to embarrass yourselves, but, but I I was, I gotta admit, I was pretty proud of, uh, that performance. I was pretty stoked, and it was kind of all no doubt all the time during halftime, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I think they Um, just, uh, popped in the Tragic Kingdom CD, press play, and then, (laughs) Within seconds of it being played, uh, the the whole Day Brigade group was belting out uh, the lyrics. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite a treat. Quite to, a treat. To run it back a second to the stream, part of the part of the confusion was uh, also uh, when Edmonton got that offsides goal that kind of clanked around. Oh yes. And for a solid uh, like I'd say five minutes, they had the score being one one on the screen. So we. We all knew it wasn't a goal because you know they never went back to the center and it was a it ended up being a goal kick afterwards. But uh, yeah, it was kind of bizarre. And then when the score jumped from two nothing to one nothing, nobody really noticed the time for like thirty seconds. So it helped kind of add to the cloak of confusion of like what are we watching? What's going on with the score? So another uh, stellar NASL stream performance. Yeah, I really, um, I, I really felt like a reporter again, like diving into my Twitter stream and being like, "Okay, Miami FC says it was offsides," and then I think it was you, Drew, who helpfully yeah. pointed out that the person who was tweeting that information was sitting about three feet behind <laughs> me. So, like, yeah, good job, Miami like, FC, right there. <laughs> yes, and then I waved to her, and she was lovely. And then what really, what really confirmed it was I went to uh, Edmonton's uh, uh, Twitter account. They tweeted it too, and I figured if that person was also sitting with us, we had a real freaking problem on our hands. So that was my that was my like I really felt like it was okay. I felt like that goal didn't count, even though we had thought it didn't go back to the center circle and all that jazz. And then it came, of course, it came off the scoreboard, and we celebrated and we demanded a, uh, a round of shots as though a goal had been scored because really it is the same effect. It was a increase of our lead by one. Uh, so you know we'll have to talk with Harold about that the next time that comes up. Um, but yeah, uh, make sure you come out to Fritz and Franz for the next away game, uh, which is this uh, weekend, Saturday against Indy Eleven. But before we talk about that, and actually, we'll 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 maybe leave that one leave that one lie. The one we really want to talk about is coming up home game Wednesday night, CBS Sports Network, 8 p.m. FIU Stadium, Miami AFC. Welcome in the Carolina Rail Hawks. Uh, Omar, what do you see from this game? What do I see from this game? I see a Mexican guy named Omar Bravo coming into FIU with his Carolina Railhawks and getting an ass whooping. No, in all in all honesty, I, I think this is going to be a close game. Um, I wouldn't note this one as a trap per se. Again, we do like to live by the uh, guidelines of home wins and road draws, but in this case, obviously, we need to keep pace with the people above us, and we need to cash in those games in hand that we do have with the Cosmos. So. You know, it's going to be an even match, guys. This is a CBS Sports Network game, which means it is a nationally broadcast event. So if you happen to hear us and you live in the FIU dorms, there is no excuse, boys and girls. Tickets are pretty cheap for you guys. 
They might even be free with your student ID. Come on out, walk across the street, enjoy a good time with us, the Day Brigade, and um, and get ready to see some some good soccer. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a great midweek break. Likes to divvy up the week a little bit as we lead into Thursday, Friday, and the weekend. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, we can't get here fast enough. We have a little less than 24 hours to go from recording until we can, uh, you know, get to this game and be in the stands. And I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, Drew. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, for sure. I um I would say I I think we're gonna lay it down on them, but uh, I I would also say don't sleep on the Railhawks because in the spring season they kind of came out the the gates pretty quick and they in the beginning looked like kind of the uh, the leaders to win the spring season, but then kind of faded out. But with the somewhat recent acquisition of Omar Bravo, um, they've they've kind of been able to just kind of hold around, but. Um, you know, it's not like we're playing a uh, Jacksonville Armada or bottom tier team. They're still a, a pretty good force. Uh, Matt uh, Fondi or Fonde, I don't know how to pronounce his name, has six goals on the year. They have a former striker in Haitian international, James Marcelin. So they're a pretty solid squad, but um, I, I, still think, I still think we got this one. I'm going to go with a, a 3 nothing win. 3 nothing win, nice. Wow, yeah, I like they, it. Vega's on fire, man. The, the wall is real. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's something about the Carolina Railhawks that to me, and, and you can take this with the negative or the positive connotation, whatever it is, but to me, when I think of the definitive, like, NASL team, like the team that kind of represents the league, this is the one I think of. Not, not the Cosmos, not us. Not Fort Lauderdale, though I would kind of put Fort Lauderdale up in that discussion too. I just think about this team for whatever reason. They seem to always be pretty damn solid. Uh, they they have a you know they they're well established in Carolina. They're they're not you know they're not a flash in the pan. They've been with the league you know since 2011. Since this is basically the the the, the modern rebirth. Um, I don't know. There's there's just something about them that always makes me scream competence. I don't know. And, and they're not towards the top of the table, but they've got 16 points from 12 games. Uh, they're in 8th, even though they have the same amount of points as the teams in 7th and 6th and have played fewer games. Uh, I, I think that we, we could be looking at a team that's maybe a little bit underrated here. Um, you know, it is a home game, and Miami FC seem to really have found a, a nice bit of footing um, for themselves, but there has been a, a couple of uh, drop-offs in quality at home. So, you know, maybe there's a bit of uh, uh, tension or concern coming back home. Who knows? We need to work on alleviating that, hopefully, if that's the case. But I think that this is going to be a very difficult game for Miami FC. I, 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 I have a bad feeling. I have bad juju, whatever you want to call it. Oh, stay I, home then. I, <laughs> Uh, no, here's the thing. I, I still Drop think your flags that... off and then come to the <laughs> Drop your flags off and get out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go on, get. Um, so, no, here's what, I, here's what I think. I think Miami FC is going to win because they are a quality team themselves. They are, as of right now, playing as well as, if not better, than anyone in the league. I think they deserve to win and they're going to win. We'll see the performance, obviously, if they truly deserve to win. But as of right now, they are the team that you would be tipping. I just think it's going to be a real 
you know, knockout dragout. I, I, I'm not as optimistic as Drew in the scoreline. I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I would love to be wrong and just coast to a big cruising victory. Um, but yeah, there's something, whenever I see Carolina on the schedule, I don't know what it is, but like a, a bells and whistles go off in my head. There's something about that logo of that hawk flying down the train, the train track that, uh, that, that, uh, spooks me. And, and plus, like you said, they have a uh, Marcel and they have Bravo. Like there are some legitimate players on that team that can, that can make plays. And, uh, you know, I, I did find it curious that we have uh, Mexican Heritage Night on the same night that that Bravo is rolling into town. Yes, it is Mexican well, Heritage Night. Heritage. You know, yeah, we can all tip people at a Dolphins have, game, right? Ah, uh, but we we have four fans, <laughs> so that's that's kind of what they're targeting because there's two technically Mexican players. So, um, right, you got to dig deep on the Wednesday night promotion. So, they, yeah, yes, absolutely. So. And keep they in mind, found, also, they found something with a quantity of two, and they're going with it. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind as well that uh, you know Carolina features a, a decent striker in the name of Ali Hassan, who grew up in Weston, so this is a little bit of a homecoming game for him, and played his college I, soccer at at Nova Southeastern. So, I mean, don't I be think surprised he got to see to the USL. Did he? I, I think so. <laughs> is that a is that a recent acquisition that just happened? Uh, I think I'm on it. Months ago, I hear keys. I hear keys typing. Oh, <laughs> I know no, we're all. No. no, I mean when no, we he... played, we can't. I mean, Unless his uh... oh no 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 joins Charlotte Independence on loan August fourth. Oh, wow. Shouts out to Ali Hassan, my Facebook friend. <laughs> is he really? There you go. I mean, I was about to say this is you know we might as well call this Arab American uh, Appreciation Night here because we don't get really appreciated for much. And as an Arab American, I was kind of <laughs> sitting here thinking, hey, look, it's an Arab American party. Just have a meet and greet with Hassan and Al Badawi, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, I had no, I did not know about that. I didn't, I, I will be, I will show my ignorance here. I did not know the Charlotte Independents were a team in the USL. I, I, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with the USL. I had not heard that name before. They well, were founded like in 20... 78 teams now, so. That's true, but. It's getting a bit uh, yeah, ridiculous. Apparently they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're in their second season. Uh, now I, now I just want to look at all the names that are on this team. Yeah, no one, right. no one jumps I'll, out. I'll fill time. So uh, I was going to say, as as you were referring to uh, Carolina, as it reminds you of the NASL. I was going to say perhaps because they have the one of the dumber names in professional sports, uh, creating a name team name out of a made-up bird, and they used to be owned by Traffic Sports. They used to be owned by Traffic Sports. Look at that. Another crappy organization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlotte Independence, for those of you that care, is sitting currently fourth in the USL Eastern Conference race. Currently behind, of course, New York Red Bulls 2, surprise, the surprising Louisville City FC, and the always packed house over at Cincinnati. Interesting, interesting. Okay, my favorite thing is that the Charlotte Independents have a player named June Marquez Davidson, (laughs) uh, who is a Japanese player. Um. He's. I think I. I want Miami FC to acquire this player because I June think Marquez. June Marquez Davidson. Davidson was born and raised in Tokyo to a Japanese mother and an American father. He moved with his family to Pasadena in 1995, where he attended high school and played for the American Global Soccer School. All right. Uh, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going situation here about like random guys that shouldn't be representing countries when they don't look like it. But going back to the Olympics a couple weeks ago. There was an African. Well, there was a black dude playing for the Japanese national rugby team. Oh yes, yes. Let me tell you something. If you ever walk through the streets of Japan, and I have not, but I've heard stories that 
believe me, there are not many. So they, obviously this guy must have been a Fijian who couldn't make the Fijian national team and decided, hey, Japanese citizenship sounds pretty cool. I like me some ramen and some sushi, so I'll just head over on the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't I don't blame people. If I got a shot at the Olympics, like playing ping pong for Vanuatu or something. You're not playing ping pong for any country. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see the old... Uh, uh, there's there's a, a man who would appear to be of Asian heritage playing for Spain in the ping yes. pong tournament. But you see, that's what I'm trying to say, though. Approximately 55, I, th- I believe he was 55 years old and looked 55 years old. Had a bit right. of a paunch on him, totally had gray hair, starting to wrinkle. It was it was majestic, and I believe he played a 17-year-old American and won. But then uh, that's the thing. So it's one of those scenarios where, like, you look at that and you and you sit there and you can't help but smile and think about your head, like, man, you're not really Spanish, are you? Come on, hey, come on. Maybe he well, loves I mean, a good paella. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people do this crap in soccer too. So, oh well, I mean, of yeah. course, <laughs> soccer is the the undisputed champion of like arbitrary. You know, we're talking about Vincenzo Rinella, who was. Born in France, but plays for Italy, and but he has Italian heritage, and you know that's that's of course no. I'm I'm not I'm not pointing this out as kind of like a negative. I love it as a positive. No, I exactly. When, I agree. Yeah, this when when there's these kind of weird overlapping scenarios, I think it's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, June Marquez Davidson uh, putting a call out to the front office. Keep an eye on this guy. I've heard good things. Um, okay, so he's a type Premier League. Bring him over. <laughs> so, um, all right. I, enough. I, I blame myself, but let's let's do try to get someone back on track and maybe bring this thing in for a landing. Yes. So keep in mind for tomorrow. Get out of Spanish ping pong. Yes. The Spanish ping pong federation does not take kindly to us rambling about their nonsense. Anyway, um, excuse so, me, really quick. It's table tennis. Continue. Oh no! But then if it's Spanish ping pong federation, the abbreviation would be SPF, <laughs> like suntan lotion, and that would be pretty cool. Copper Tone is going to be their number yes. one sponsor. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, so guys, remember tomorrow. That's <laughs> so great. Copper Tone is proud sponsor of the SPF. Oh, God. Just a half. What is it? The dog that bites the underwear yes. off the side? Yes. Get that little girl on the phone. We have a new sponsor. <laughs> Don't say that. It's so, so weird. Anyway, um, so guys, tomorrow is Mexican, or today is Mexican uh, Heritage Appreciation Night. Hold, hold gonna on, be I, I'm going to interrupt one more time. Hold on, Omar, Omar. You're about to do what I think you're about to do, right? Why don't you go do it, sir? No, 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 no. Here's what I want to do. I want to drop in your theme song right now. Okay, go ahead. Sell it. All right, there we go. So, <clears throat> again, Mexican Appreciation Night. Or Mexican Heritage Appreciation, I should say. I feel like when it says it the other way, it doesn't come off the tongue as very well. might have a weird connotation behind it. But there is going to be food trucks. There is going to be a definitely a rather short, hopefully a little longer, uh, tailgate. There's going to be discounted tickets. Again, if you have an FIU student ID, you might even get a bigger discount than normal. Just go across the street to the box office when you have some time. Uh, keep in mind, there's going to be discounts on Corona and Modelo inside of the stadium. So you're going to get some cheap beer and some cheap soccer. And, and you know the cool thing is it's quality beer and quality soccer at a cheap price, which is awesome to see. The first 2,500 people in the door do get a Mexican Heritage Appreciation Night t-shirt. It's actually a really cool design. If you have not seen it yet, a bad t-shirt. Absolutely. Swing it over to Miami FC's Facebook page and or Instagram. I believe it is on their Twitter as well. Um, last but not least, don't ever forget 
to hang out with us, the Dade Brigade, over in the Brigade end. We are on the east end zone of the stadium. Uh, we still have memberships available. Memberships this now for the end of the year will be $10. They will include a scarf and your Dade Brigade ID, which does allow you discounts into multiple stores, such as Soccer Locker, Mad About Soccer, Fritz & Friends, Miami Brewing Co., and we are working on some more for you. And it does include the renewal membership package that's going to give you special discounts to season tickets for next year's Miami FC's campaign, as well as all of our retail affiliates. So keep your eyes out for that. We do have some scars left. We do have some shirts left. Ladies, as always, we do have some floral headbands left. So please make sure to come out, hang out with us, say hi if you don't know us. Believe me, you're looking for two fat guys and a really skinny white dude that looks like Eminem. Say hi to us. We'll be more than happy to say hi back. I do want to add a quick thing in there regarding our uh, loyal Lady Brigade listeners and Lady Brigade supporters. There is a Lady Brigade t-shirt in the works, and by in the works, I don't mean it's not a conversation. I actually have it designed and ready to go. So we, I, I encourage you to reach out to Natasha Moya. If you don't know Mata- uh, Natasha, I combined her last name and first name. If you don't know Natasha, uh, she is the one who yells Miami really loud, and then we yell FC back. Uh, also, she's around the tailgates. Just reach out, say something. Someone will put you in con- contact with her. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a pretty good look. Uh, it's not our standard blue, uh, not breathable T-shirt. It should be something that's a little bit more uh, appropriate for the ladies. Anyway, um, so I think we are ready to get ready for tomorrow. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Omar, thank you very much for joining us. Gonna get away with it. I'm gonna get away with it. You saw right through us. You know what time yes. it is. Time so, for the Premier League wrap-up. Omar, no. move ahead. Of All course, right. the segment that everyone knows and loves, the Barclays. Or the, I'm sorry, is it? it's no longer the Barclays, right? It's just the Premier League, right? I think they dropped the sponsorship. The Premier League wrap-up, who cares? Manchester United lost. Drew and I both got wins for our teams, and so we have just been sitting, laying in wait for four days now, Waiting to pounce on you, Omar. Explain your team's capitulation at home in the Manchester Derby. While we were waiting for you to finish dinner, we actually had this conversation. Joe uh, and I had this conversation about what happened. I woke up bright and early Saturday morning and looked at the starting 11 and said to myself, well, this shit ain't going to go very well. Uh, I don't know what Mourinho's doing starting Lingard in a Derby and Mikita Ryan in a Derby. I, I don't quite get it. I will say there was, even in a loss, there were some bright spots. You did see the emergence. And it's, you know what? It's kind of like when you have that wonder kid in baseball who shows up and he tells you, I need to be playing on a daily basis. And we're seeing that in Marcus Rashford. He is constantly making his case. uh, And every time he's ignited or placed into a game, he just ignites a spark throughout the team that is definitely undeniable. You know, look, we have nine points in four games. I'm not too worried about it. Obviously, Chelsea and Everton uh, are just slowly ahead of us with 10 points. And, of course, Manchester City, winners of the Derby, are moving into 12 points. It is what it is. I, you know, it sucks to lose your first game in a Derby. It sucks to lose to Manchester City. It was a 2-1 game. It was a game that was close either way. Uh, Zlatan had, I don't know, eight chances to tie up the game at some point. So, you know, chalk it up to an L. That's fine. We know that we're going to be consistent. We're going to be strong. We're going to finish in the top four. Uh, we're going to finish in the top two, honestly, if you really ask me. So I think we're going to be okay. Uh, it's one game. Obviously, we get to go play at the Etihad and spoil them later on in the year. 
So I'm looking forward to that game. That's one that we're going to circle our uh, calendars with and make sure that you know we take three points right back from them. So now that we've heard that uh, explaining and defending, let's go to Drew. Drew, your game was uh, quite close. It was an interesting one. Yeah, what you see from uh, from a little a little questionable action at the end, but you know Arsenal ended up defeating the mighty Southampton, uh, one of the the top runners this year that everybody's kind of looking out for. Southampton, you know, <laughs> <laughs> relegation battles, yeah. <laughs> But we, we pulled it off, and um, apparently there's also kind of this, like, secretive league. I don't know if you guys know about it, but it's called the um, Champions League. And uh, apparently there's right. a arsenals in it, and we, we played some sort of uh, team with an Eiffel Tower and, you know, scraped an away point or an away goal and point today. So uh, I'm happy for that. You know, Arsenal's finally playing Champions League without having to play Dortmund in uh, the group stages which is kind of uh, rejoiceful. But, uh, you know, we'll probably make it to the uh, the round of 16 and get knocked out in the first round as usual. But uh, No, you can't be self-deprecating because I was going to make a joke about what it's like to win the thing if you know so much about it. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm sitting over it, here. And okay, uh, we have so. the, the mighty whole Tigers coming up after that. So um, kind of hanging out. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, I, I won't gloat too much, you know, we're still in, in six, but, you know, having taken Leicester uh, out to the cleaners, really, uh, in our game, we looked at Liverpool's really good, uh, you know, for for whatever reason, you know, we play the last year's champions, we play last year's second and third place teams, we get points from it, we get wins on the road, uh, and then we play Burnley, and then leave a big steaming pile of mess in the middle of the field, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I think all three of our teams are actually in a kind of interesting spot here. And I know that Manchester United are in fourth. But, you know, it, it, I think that there's a lot of quality play going on in the Premier League this year. More so, you know, everyone says, you know, Premier League is the best league. It's the most competitive, yada, yada, yada. You know, you have in, in the other leagues, you know exactly who, who, who are the top teams are. But they match it with style and quality that can't be denied. You know, you can say that Real Madrid and Barcelona, you know, play in a soft league or whatever, but they're still exceptionally good. You know, sure. you there's there's another shoe to drop there. Like it's it's not that they're scraping by, you know, feasting on weak teams because they're themselves weak. They're exceptionally strong. They capitalize on the you know the minnows in front of them. In the Premier League this year, in contrast to last year, and I may be jinxing myself, who knows, I think last year we saw Leicester City, you know, get towards the top of the table, largely based on the fact that no one else could figure out what the hell they were doing. Um, <laughs> and 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 that really is accentuated by the point, and I, I apologize for referencing this, Nick Nunez, if you're listening, but the fact that Tottenham were, were basically second the whole season only to capitulate on St. Tottenham's Day the last day of the year, it really highlights, you know, our, Drew would be the first one to say, Arsenal was no, you know, Sunday picnic of a team. They were not great last year. Um, you know, no, Liverpool were, except if they were played basically in the Europa League, they were, uh, Manchester United got their manager, you know, let go, even though they got the yeah. FA Cup. It They're was right. a real mess. It was, it was a real average season. And I think you're seeing this year where, you know, and it's kind of a return to form. Who do you see towards the top of the table? Man City, Chelsea, Everton, 
you know, that's kind of, uh, they're not a new name. They've been near the top before, but over the last couple of years of struggles, they've actually looked really good. Uh, Manchester United, Tottenham, Liverpool, Arsenal. That's your top seven. And yep. then there's a real drop-off when you get to Hull. You know what I mean? So I, I think we may be seeing a really full return to form uh, of the old Premier League with some of the new names, your Manchester cities sticking. Uh, where basically yeah. instead of a top four, you have a top six or top seven. But yeah, I think and 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 that's not uh, that's not those top six teams falling back. Those are those six teams, all of them stepping forward, in my opinion. And I think it, it's really going to be interesting to see because when you go from the tenth position to the sixteenth position, all of the team have four points. Four games played, all of the team have four points, and these teams, you know, obviously include. Uh, Leicester City sitting in 16th place with four points, which is something that... Look, did we expect Leicester to repeat last year's performance, especially with some of the players that they have lost? And adding a European campaign? No. I don't think anybody here, I don't think anybody in Europe would have said to you, yeah, Leicester back-to-back champs. Not happening, right? However, I can forgive the first week loss to whole city. Getting blown out by Liverpool 4-1, to a much-improved Liverpool team, and Matt, I'll give you that... Um, Yes, it, it, it's shocking. That that game should have been closer uh, on the score sheet, and and it wasn't. Uh, and it's not because Liverpool didn't play well. It's because I, something is going on here with Leicester City and Claudio Ranieri, and I'm not sure quite how to you know put my finger on it. But I don't see them being in a relegation battle for the rest of the season. I just they have to come back to form. That just doesn't make much sense to me. Swansea City, a team that we thought might be in a relegation battle and stay up. You know, again, they're hanging out with four points and playing above average, I would argue, uh, with comparison to where we thought. And, of course, we still have a lot of the weird stories with Middlesbrough, and we have the story with Hull City. You know, listen, it's early. We're only four thirty-eighths of the way through the <laughs> campaign. But it's definitely going to be something to watch. That's 219s for those you do the That's 219s. Yes, there you go. If you want to do the simplification. Um, but I would say I think it's going to be fun. I don't think the title race is going to be the one that everybody's going to be like, oh my god, I really think it's going to be a huge relegation battle. I think we're going to have even as high as up to six teams, you know, like trying to get, you know, out of 18, 19, and 20. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of the fun is going to be. And, and look, the three of us can say that's fun because we're obviously supporting teams that, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, will ever get relegated out of the Premier League for, for the foreseeable future. But, uh, it, you know, it's going to be interesting television. It's going to be interesting drama. Um, and it's going to be fun if you're not a fan of one of the teams in the relegation battle. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I think we – Drew, anything to add? Or I think we've we've kind of beaten the Premier League course here. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, for our uh, BBVA La Liga roundup – uh, Real Madrid <laughs> blew out a team, and Barcelona did not blow out a team, losing Alaves. Good job, Alaves. Yeah, That's a they, change they of took pace. their uh, they took their uh, their uh, pain out on Celtic today. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Seven nil. Brendan Rodgers, high character, low Champions League wins title uh, <laughs> uh, total. I mean, uh, yeah, poor guy. You know, I, I have nothing bad to say about Rodgers, but man, yeah, that was that's befitting the quality of performance we saw from his teams in the Champions League when they got there. Um, so let's actually wrap up now uh, that we've covered the world of soccer. Uh, we will see you out there tomorrow night or tonight or whenever you're listening. If you're listening uh, like a month from now, go ahead. I was going to say uh, I have some Miami FC car magnets. So 
Uh, Whoa, the, I never yeah, well, the first couple of people that come up to me and find me and give me their best, Vincenzo Rinella, uh, gets a Miami FC car magnet. That's so, it. Uh, That's the contest. Yeah, yeah, you can't say anything to me beforehand. You just have to come up and say, Vincenzo Rinella. And then, if you say literally anything to Drew at the tailgate tomorrow besides Vincenzo Rinella, you lose. Yeah. If you go up and that's the I first thing you say. I don't know how many say, I have. I have a couple, but the first Don't even say hi. No, yeah, no, say you hi. say hi, you're done. You say hi, yeah, you're no. done, done, done. That's got to be the first thing. So, yeah, that, that'll be fun. Oh, my God, I really hope, like, 20 people just storm up to Drew and yell Vincenzo Rinella in his face tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll, be, I'll so, be extremely happy. No, okay, I know. You'll be the first one. You'll be leading the parade. Uh, so, <laughs> let's go to um, – uh, let's go to the end. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, All right. So, so re- very quickly, before we do wrap it up, guys, we have been sitting on quite a bit a, a gift certificate voucher to Soccer Locker. Um, so this is what I want you guys to do for the podcast listeners and and obviously the rest of you guys who have enjoyed us. Uh, we kind of like to give back, and we want to be able to do a giveaway contest for you guys for Soccer Locker. So if you can, uh, we want you guys on our podcast sharing post that's going to go up later tonight on Twitter. Tell us who's the first Miami FC player to score a goal in tomorrow's game. First player to score goals in tomorrow's game. If you get the player right, we will go ahead and send you that gift certificate as soon as possible. If we do not have a player mentioned that goes in, we're going to carry it over for not Saturday, but the week after. So that we can go ahead and record another podcast and try that one again. So there you go. This is the podcast that gets you paid either in magnets or gift cards. This is what you want right here. This is the good stuff. Uh, so my contest will be come up to me tomorrow and uh, sing the full version of You'll Never Walk Over Alone and I'll give you a beer. Uh, so that's my uh, crappy contest in comparison for the other two. <laughs> See, no one's actually going to do that. So I don't have to worry about giving anyone anything. But Drew and Omar do have stuff. So do come up to them. Oh, and don't come up to Omar. Don't come up uh, to I mean, me. I'm you can come up to him to and say hello. Don't be rude. But come up to Drew with your Vincenzo Ranella and post your prediction for the first goal scorer tomorrow night against Carolina, and you can wind up with uh, a couple of fantastic prizes. Okay, anything else? First Miami FC goal scorer. First not Miami Carolina FC goal scorer. Goal scorer. I, you know, we're not talking about Carolina. Yeah, first Miami FC goal scorer. Anything else? Going once. Going twice. All right, Omar Mubaya, thank you as always for joining us, pal. The Dolphins make me cry, and I don't know what I'll do because I only want to be with you. And we only want to be with you here on Magic City Soccer. That's what you call a transition right there. Drew Hausman, thank you as always, pal. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. I'll see you tomorrow night. So tomorrow night we will see you at... FIU Stadium for Omar Mubayed, who you can find on Twitter at Mubayed11. Uh, for Drew Hausman, who you can find at It's Hausman LOL. And for me, Matthew Bunch, at Matthew S. Bunch on Twitter. This has been Magic City Soccer Podcast, at Magic City Soccer on Twitter. Uh, as always, have a great time if you're going out tomorrow, which you should. And go Miami FC and go Miami Soccer. Kids, don't write in your textbooks. Taco trucks on every corner. <laughs>